Hey guys, Abel here. Welcome back to another video. And in today's video, once again, we will be talking about lean bulking, bulking up, gaining muscle, and that kind of fun stuff. And today I have a rather interesting topic for you, and that is the 100% purely lean bulk, i.e. putting on purely muscle mass during a period in which you're bulking up and gaining body weight and nothing else. You put on lean body mass and muscle and no body fat whatsoever. Obviously, everybody who is interested in fitness is also interested in this because everybody would like to get more muscular. Nobody wants to get fatter. So the question is, is this something that can be achieved? And if so, how? Now, one thing that I have to clarify is that I'm specifically talking about a period in which you're gaining body weight, you're purposefully increasing your body weight over time, and you're in a calorie surplus intentionally for a prolonged, continuous phase, and not just purely the concept of whether it is possible to put on muscle without putting on body fat. Because to that, we know that the answer is 100% yes. In fact, you can even lose body fat while putting on muscle. We see this all the time in research. We have also seen this anecdotally a bunch of times. So there is no question that you can put on muscle without putting on body fat. However, the question here is whether it is possible to do a lean bulk where you are in a continuous energy surplus and you're gaining body weight over time without putting on any body fat. Now, to give you a bit of a short synopsis for the beginning and also a bit of a spoiler, in theory and in premise, it is 100% doable. There is no reason to think why it should not be doable. We know that the muscle building process requires a certain amount of energy, but we also know that that amount of energy is not a ton. Otherwise, it would not be possible to cut and lose body fat and gain muscle at the same time. However, in practice, it seems like nobody is really able to pull it off there are some very successful lean bulks where the person is barely gaining any body fat, but it is highly, exceedingly rare to the point where it almost never happens that someone goes through a lean bulking phase and they don't put on any body fat whatsoever. Now, the big question is, and basically what this video is about, is why is that the case? So I'm not really here to ask the question whether it is the case, because I'm basically here to tell you that it is the case in practice. Almost no matter how smart, conservative, and intelligent you are about your gaining phase and your lean bulk, there is going to be some body fat gain along the process, if that lean bulk is going to be successful. In theory, you could totally set your bulking phase up in a way so that there is absolutely no fat gain. For example, you could start off by saying that, okay, realistically, I can gain about a pound of lean mass per month. Now, in reality, that right away brings us to the first issue is that you really have no idea how much you can actually gain in a month. You cannot predict that in advance, but let's just say that in a hypothetical scenario, someone actually gave you that magic value that you can actually realistically shoot for in a given month. Let's just say that it is one pound of muscle. Now, if you were to look at how many actual calories it would take to build that pound of lean mass, it would not be a lot of calories. It would contribute to something like 60 calories per day if you distribute that over a whole month. Now that right away brings us to the first really big issue is that it is basically impossible to actually ensure that your calorie surplus day to day is something as small and precise as 60 calories. For one, just in your day-to-day -day energy expenditure, there is more variation than 60 calories. 
You might think that your lifestyle is very static. You get in the same amount of steps day to day. You train on the same days and you have rest days on the same days each week. So you have everything standardized. But still, just little things like fidgeting a little bit more. You feel a bit more energetic one day, so your gestures are more like this, like mine are right now. Maybe you go to the toilet a few more times. Maybe the temperature is a little bit different, so you shiver a bit more or you sweat a little bit more. All of these little things over the course of the day can actually add up to a lot more than just 60 calories. Now, let's assume that somehow you were able to actually control for that. So you really standardized every single thing. You slept the same exact amount each day. Somehow you could actually even standardize how much energy you're expending in your sleep. You're controlling the temperature perfectly so that there is no difference in your thermal regulation. You consume the exact same amount of liquids each day so you don't go to the toilet more times on some days than on others. So you perfectly control for your energy expenditure. Well then, the next issue is the error margins in food labels, okay? When you look at a food package and it says that it has 200 calories, in reality, that could be anything from 190 to 210 calories, okay? Food labels can be off by up to 20%, which is kind of a big deal. Now, of course, that is going to be more problematic the more processed the foods are that you're eating. When you're looking at something that is packaged and has multiple ingredients, obviously there is more room for error. So you could control for that somehow by eating single ingredient foods and the exact same foods every day. So you're eating things like apples and whole veggies and chicken and things like that. So you're really eliminating all the potential errors in food labels. Still, I mean, one apple, for example, might be a bit more ripe than another one. Therefore, it has a bit more sugar and a bit more carbs and a bit more calories. Not by much, maybe it's only a 10 calorie difference, but still, there is a difference. The other apple might have a bit more fiber, a bit more thermic effect, so the calories are lower. One piece of chicken breast might be slightly more fatty than another one. If you think about it, some of those poor chickens that are slaughtered for you some of them might be a bit more fatty than some of their mates. And so there is variation even in that. If you add up all those tiny differences in each meal and you have say three to five meals a day, that can easily add up to something as big as 60 calories a day. So in short, no. No matter how meticulous you are with your tracking, you cannot ensure that your calories are that precisely controlled. You cannot be in a surplus that is as small as 60 calories a day. Now, let's say that you go down a different route and you say, okay, I acknowledge that I cannot control my calories that specifically, so I'm just going to go by rate of weight gain such as how I suggested it the last time. Don't obsess over the exact calorie surplus, just look at your rate of weight gain. So you go, you know what, realistically, I can gain about a pound of lean mass per month, and in fact, it might actually be even more, maybe I could even potentially gain two pounds of lean mass per month, but I'm going to be super conservative, so I'm going to go for one pound. So one pound per month, that roughly equals about 100 grams of tissue gain per week. So I'm going to go for that. I'm going to gain 100 grams every single week, and then all of it is going to be lean mass. Now, once again, that sounds great in premise, but in practice, there are a number of issues here as well. For one, if you're going to go for something as small as 100 grams gain per week, you better have a really good and accurate scale. 
I know that for me, my scale is not mega super accurate. I can stand on it and it will tell me my body weight. Then I will go take a piss, stand on it again, and the weight shown on the scale will be the same. So if your scale is like that, then good luck tracking down 100 grams gained per week. But let's assume that you have a better scale than that. Still, there are a number of issues. Namely, that there are a bunch of things that can influence your body weight besides just how much muscle or fat or whatever other type of tissue you're gaining. How much water are you retaining? How full are your glycogen stores? How many bowel movements did you have? How many times did you go and take a piss? So how full is your stomach? How full is your bladder? A bunch of things like this can influence your body weight and thus the actual fluctuations in your body weight can be way more than just 100 grams per week. So you might be thinking that, wow, I did a really good job. I gained exactly 100 grams this week. But in reality, you might have actually lost 100 grams of tissue and gained 200 grams of water or glycogen or gut content or something else. Or you might have actually gained 300 grams of some tissue, muscle, fat, some combination of the two, and lost 200 grams worth of gut content, water, glycogen, something. So once again, with all the right intentions even, it's really hard to ensure that you're actually gaining the amount of weight week to week that would be necessary to gain something as small as a pound per month. But you know what? Let's assume that you're actually somehow able to work around even that. So you're really standardizing everything. Your diet is the same every single day. You're eating the same exact foods at the same exact time. Your bedtime and your waking time is the same every single day. Your morning weigh-in time is at the exact same time every single day to really make sure that there is no difference in the amount of time that is passed between your last meal and your weigh-in in the morning. You're even controlling the temperature to make sure that you're not sweating more on some days than on others, thus you're losing more water. Let's say you get in one of these special toilets that is actually weighing how much you're pooping and how much you're pissing. Yes, those toilets really do exist. I purposefully looked it up before making this video. Let's say that you're even wearing some special type of clothing that is holding up all the sweat and the water that you're losing through your skin. So you're even controlling for that. And somehow you're actually able to ensure that you're gaining exactly 100 grams of tissue weight per week. Even then, there is one final issue that would throw everything off and that is Muscle growth is not a linear process, okay? Even if you could predict that you're going to gain exactly, say, four pounds over four months, that wouldn't necessarily mean that every single month you would be gaining exactly a pound. There might be some months where you might be gaining two pounds. There might be another month where you're basically not gaining anything, another month where you're gaining a pound and a half, another month where you're gaining half a pound. And even if it was that linear, even if you gained exactly a pound per month, that would not mean that you're gaining exactly one fourth of that per week. And even if that was the case, that would not mean that you're gaining exactly one seventh of that every single day, which would mean that the amount of calories that you would need day to day to day would not be the exact same. If we were actually able to look inside the body and really see the entire muscle building process in front of us in detail, we would see that it happens in stages. So we would probably see things like, okay, the muscle building process now is in this phase. 
This phase is very energy intensive. It requires quite a bit of energy. This other phase, it's very slow, very tedious, and it actually doesn't require much energy at all. Even if we were in a big energy deficit, even that wouldn't hurt the muscle building process. So actually being in a surplus here is just an overkill. This next stage, okay, here we need a bit more energy once again. So the process is non-linear, and thus it is not linearly requiring the same exact amount of calories day to day to day. So even by being so meticulous with our diet and our environment and our timing of things and really ensuring that we are only gaining a tiny, tiny amount week to week and month to month, even with that, we are sort of optimizing for the wrong thing because we are trying to optimize with linearity for something that is inherently nonlinear. But since we cannot really know the nature of this nonlinear process, really the best that we can do is just to be really conservative, really smart, and go for that slow linear pace of weight gain. But at the end of the day, we still have to acknowledge and just accept that no matter how smart we are with things and no matter how conservative we are with our rate of weight gain, there still are going to be times when we are overshooting the amount of calories that we need and there might actually be times when we are undershooting it. And the net result is that the end outcome is not an exactly perfectly lean bulk. We will gain muscle, yes, in an ideal scenario, but there will also be other tissues that we will gain which we did not want to gain because probably there are going to be times when that calorie surplus that we were in was a bit more than what was necessary for that muscle building process to actually take place. So that in a nutshell is basically why there will always be some fat gain during a bulking process no matter how conservative you are with things. And once again, this is strictly in the context of gaining weight over a long period of time and ensuring that we are in a surplus. It is definitely possible to put on muscle without putting on body fat, but that is not in the context of bulking, which might lead some people to say, well, then what's the point of bulking even? Well, that is the topic of a different video. But the short story is, if you want to maximize your muscle building potential, then that is going to be most effectively achieved in a calorie surplus and during an actual bulk. For some people, maximizing their muscle building potential might be redundant because they have so much potential anyway, maybe because they are a beginner, maybe because they are just genetically very gifted, for some other reasons perhaps, Maybe for them, it's actually not necessary to really go for the maximum rate of muscle growth that can be achieved by bulking. But for some other people that are maybe not as genetically gifted or they are more advanced or some other factor which just makes it more difficult for them to gain muscle, it is most likely necessary to actually do everything in your power to actually maximize the amount of muscle that you can gain. And for that, bulking will be necessary. At a certain point, maximizing something versus just doing a good enough job at something is not the difference between making good gains or even better gains. It can be the difference between making no gains at all and at least some gains. And if you're in that category, then bulking will be a necessity. So in that case, unfortunately, you will have to just accept that gaining some body fat is just a part of the journey. It is basically inevitable. And at least now through this video, hopefully you have a better idea why that is the case. So I suggest that we all stop fighting the realities of life and we all come to an acceptance with the fact that fat gain, at least in some small amounts, 
is always going to be the part of a successful lean bulk. However, it is still worth it in most cases because fat can be taken off relatively quickly and easily compared to how easy it is to gain muscle. So it is a worthwhile trade-off, but it is a trade-off nevertheless. And now hopefully you have a better understanding of why that is the case. So basically that's all I wanted to say in this video. Again, this was more of a why something is the case type video rather than a how to do certain things type of video. Every once in a while, I like to do these videos as well. I like to get into some more nerdy theoretical stuff. So I hope you found this video informative. Let me know your thoughts. Uh, subscribe for more videos like this. If you haven't already, please like the video. That really helps the algorithm. Please dislike the video if you want. That also helps the algorithm. Comment if you like the video. That really helps with the algorithm. Or comment if you think that I'm a piece of shit. That also helps the algorithm. So do whatever you'd like, but inaction is no action at all. So thank you for your attention for today. Of course, check out the show description if you want to work together with me in a coach client format or you wanna do a consultation with me. Check out my super new, awesome and beautiful website and my cut or bulk comprehensive ebook. And besides that, I think I just wanna thank you for your attention and see you in the next video.